0: The last thing you want to hear while listening to your favorite podcast is another gimmicky ad. NJM feels the same way. It's why they provide award-winning service without the use of mascots or repetitive jingles. And when you upgrade to NJM, you could even save on your auto insurance. Better service and possible savings? Sounds like a win-win. No jingles or mascots, just great insurance. NJM. Visit njm.com slash podcast for a quote to see how much you could save on your auto insurance.
1: Fact or myth? In the big game, the coin toss usually comes up heads. That is, a myth. In fact, tails has come up more often in recent years. Football is full of myths, like the pigskin isn't actually made of pigskin. Gambling is a share of myths, too. Unfortunately, believing gambling myths can cost you a lot of money. So learn what's myth and what's fact at keepitfunohio.com. You'll also find helpful tips, interesting quizzes, and great games all to help ensure gambling is always fun.
0: Go to the app store and download the Anchor app for free or go to Anchor.fm to check it out.
1: Behind we bringing it to a more day. we it to always. rebuild the pack. No matter where we at, you know. Section 336, we on this, so tune in, in. you know what's up, welcome to Birdland, yeah, yeah, welcome to Birdland, you know what's up, welcome to Birdland, Birdland, now, here come the boys from Section
2: 336. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, Baltimore sports fans of all ages, welcome to Section 336, the next generation of Baltimore sports talk, I of course... I'm your endearingly stuttering host, Matt Sroka. As always, I'm joined by the zany Brett Rohde. What up, coconuts? Happy uh, Wednesday! And the
0: button lover Josh Sroka. Uh, how you guys doing? You signed up for Disney Plus, Matt? Did you get it? You were trying <laughs> to fu- you were trying to steal someone's password last we talked.
2: Yeah, I know. I was just throwing it out there if someone had a password to give me, um, but no. Uh... I think it's going to go on the, the Christmas list. <laughs> okay. Gotcha. It's pretty right.
3: sweet. Boy Meets World.
2: All over I, it. I know. And, my, and I, I was like saying to Emily, I want to get it because Boy Meets World. And Emily's like, we have the PlayStation. There's, you have all the DVDs. Like you can just watch them whenever you want. <laughs> but it's different when they're streaming.
0: Uh huh. You know what? I enjoyed this morning. Rather than watching whatever YouTube kids think Camden's watching before school today was a little rescue rangers and tailspin oh, nice
2: nice so oh yeah
0: pretty pretty impressed that. that everything's on there not to mention movies a, like heavyweights
3: it makes a big difference uh between having to put in a disc like sure you might own all the dvd seasons of boy meets world but who wants to get I... up and change a disc and select an episode it and
2: true
0: I, I will pay. The I can't $7 tell you the last time I put a
3: DVD. It's I can't worth, tell you last time I put a DVD in.
0: It's worth seven dollars a month just to not get up off the couch and go look for your, a disc and get it in. <laughs> Do you guys wait. still
2: have DVDs at your house?
0: No. You have no DVDs. I, uh, there's some in the garage. They're in a box. They haven't been unboxed from the move.
3: I've I, got a ton of them, but they're on a shelf in my uh, the back of my basement where all of our other garbage is.
0: Really, anything that wasn't like a home movie we got rid of when we moved so i don't even know i guess i can play it like my computers don't even have disk drives anymore i guess i could play it in the playstation
2: yeah that's what i do sometimes yeah Yeah. well we still do the i know we're like from the 2002s but we still do the library and we get movies for silas from the library Mm. but but once mommy gives me disney plus i guess i'll have no need to go to the library anymore Right. Yeah, libraries. Yeah. Libraries for suckers. <laughs> well, It's free movies. The library it costs nothing, right? And they have a good selection. I don't
0: know. You got to spend that gas money. You got to deal with the weirdos at the library.
2: And those weirdos are me. And now, and they got rid of due dates like completely at the library. So like, you just turn it back whenever you want. There's due dates, but there's no more late fees ever. So, so you could keep it for like a year. And then return it, and there's no late fee.
0: Well, I like this. It's it's the they're changing their rules in order to compete with Netflix and Kindles and everything. They're like, oh, just bring it back whenever you want. Glad you showed up. Yeah, yeah. yeah, pretty much.
2: Yeah, and they give you this due date, but it's like laughable because I've never turned anything back in the due date because it doesn't matter. I see. Got, yeah, guys, we got a uh, a lot to get to today. I feel like a ton of stuff has happened since we last <clears> talked. We, of course, will touch on Lamar Jackson. Um, we will touch on, I was I was going to make a joke in there about Josh and Joe Flacco, but I'm going to let this pass hey, for now. I'll save it for later.
0: I'm a number one Lamar's fan. Lamar's number one <laughs> fan We're over here. Okay. Been, been, okay.
2: There,
0: been there since he was drafted. Uh, okay. Because time, you have be to careful. forget your fake uh, Flacco narrative.
2: Yeah. I don't even, I watch what I text now because I'm so afraid. If it gets out anywhere via an old text or via some passing comment that you say anything disparaging about Lamar Jackson, you have a lot of people coming for you. So I'm being really careful about how I talk about Mr. Lamar Jackson.
0: I was was talking to Glenn Clark about this because on his show this week, he wrote an article about and the article was basically, hey, it's not just Lamar. This entire team is playing really well. But he started the article with like uh, settle down. Like, don't freak out. Don't get defensive about Lamar. And uh, on his show, he he started to set it up, and he said, I want to talk about this article, but let's not get defensive about Lamar. And you guys know Kyle, who's on the show sure. with him, immediate, immediately jumps in with, well, Lamar's an MVP and wants to, like, defend Lamar as an MVP <laughs> as the defense to not argue about Lamar. Well, it he, is. It's crazy. He's not, wrong. <laughs> he's not wrong. It is crazy, though, to see... How defensive people are for Lamar.
2: Yeah, I mean it's it's to the point where and I felt this a little bit was going on with the Orioles every now and then, when like one person would like one crazy person would tweet something about Manager Hyde somewhat negative, and then everyone in Birdland would have to tweet saying how we loved Manager Hyde. Like, dude. And I feel like that's on Twitter now. I see like still like this defense of Lamar Jackson. Oh, well, it's like because someone, not even my feed, someone somewhere in the country said someone a little something a little bit not nice about Lamar, and now I got to read hundred tweets about how great. Well, Lamar here here's here
0: was my favorite Lamar protection that was going around on Sunday and Monday, was you know how he had a perfect passer rating. Yes. On Sunday and one five eight point three. So, right. So someone would say in the in the in the, the message perfect passer rating fourteen for sixteen passing. So how, how do you defend that? If, if you're one of these Lamar lovers that has to jump in and protect Lamar because the negative comment is that you said that he was 14 for 16. You know how you mm-hmm. defend one, that?
2: One was a spike
3: and one, one was, was a the spike. Drive.
0: Exactly. One was a spike and the other one should have been caught. Yeah. That's exactly. I
3: don't understand. We're, you guys are seeing negative Lamar comments? Like There's no. absolutely nothing negative anyone can possibly say about that's, him right that's now. That's what we're yeah, saying.
0: Sure. It's, a, it's a straight comment, but if it's not super praise – then people are taking it as negative. Like, saying 14 for 16 and a perfect passer rating is a positive comment, and people still feel like they need to defend it.
2: Oh, wow. I think this is because, well, first of all, you can't have both ways. Like, people aren't, you can't hate on Lamar, and everybody in the media is saying he's top three MVP. So you, you can't have people say everyone's hating on him but and see, also say everyone has not top three MVP. But see,
0: no, no, see, top three is wrong. If you're if he's not top one, then top three is a negative
2: well, and I think part of this stems, though, and I think they have a point here, in that there was a lot of people on Lamar from the beginning that like thought when they drafted him, this was a great move. Uh, I think Burt was on that train. There's a yeah. lot of other people who were skeptical, who were skeptical of Lamar Jackson, who made like Johnny yeah. Menzel and Tim Tebow comparisons. And, that's- and so I think Lamar defenders are still sensitive about those. Wrong comparisons at the beginning.
0: No, and I, you remember, I was concerned about Lamar at the beginning, but I quickly, once he showed what he can do, quickly changed course. I said, "All right, right this will work." Lamar
2: is doing better than even the Lamar lovers ever thought possible. Right?
0: Yeah. No. No yes, one this early in his career. The transition from last year to this year. I mean, this after this week, he actually started sixteen games, but the tradition, the this off season we did not expect him to improve as much as he did.
2: Yeah. Uh, I mean, it it was made big news. I think they talked about in PTI, that the LSU quarterback, Barrett, who just beat Alabama, he is actually 39, I think he's 39 days Mm -hmm. older than Lamar Jackson. So it's crazy age. If you look at the game with Seattle, Seattle, I believe, has one loss at this point, right? Yeah. Um, The Patriots, I believe, have one loss. Both those one losses came to the Ravens. right? So uh, I think that's pretty cool. So Lamar is doing everything. He's beating the big teams. And we saw crazy stuff happen on Sunday, like Atlanta beat the Saints. Uh, and we saw the Colts lost to the Dolphins. And the Colts lost to the Dolphins. And the Chiefs lost to the Titans when they're back yeah, up. The, the, court the Jets
0: beat the Giants. That look, The Jets were looking like the worst team in football, and then they won.
2: Yeah, and so the fact that we beat up on the Bengals, I think is not just ho-hum. Like, we're taking care of business, and not all the other teams in the NFL can say that. And especially yeah. with a conference uh, uh, interdivisional game, I thought it was a great win on Sunday, and, a uh, fun game.
0: And we're so used to, as Raven fans, especially in division, of playing down to the competition, of of it being a 24-30 a game, and to just stomp on them. I've never seen... The first drive where it was like three plays and you're in the end zone. I've never seen uh, the Ravens run anything as smooth as that first drive.
2: Yeah, uh, Bert and I, I. I also We're gonna get the Orioles later in the show because there's Orioles news.
0: Yeah, a bunch um, of cheaters. But, uh,
2: John, well, that, John Means got married. Yeah, and he got an. Yeah, John, John Means got married. I thought someone else got married too. Did uh? I think Austin, Austin Hayes, Hayes is yeah, Austin married this week. they getting married. Um, but, but Bert, uh, what are your thoughts on Lamar Jackson's, what was it? Like a 46 yard run. I mean, th- that was one of the most amazing runs you'll ever see in your life. Yeah. Oh yeah.
3: Um, well, I mean, I'm just seeing what everybody's talking about on Twitter and I think a lot of them are right. You know, if that would have been one of the all time great running backs, you know, your Barry Sanders or Herschel Walker, your Eric Dickerson making that run. That'd be on their highlight reel. That'd be on their Hall of Fame uh, montage of one of the all-time great running back runs you've ever seen. And the fact that it's a 22-year-old quarterback doing it. Oh, by the way, he's still completing uh, 90% of his passes and for over 150 yards or whatever. On top of the fact that he can run the ball like that, um, it, it, it's unbelievable. I, I, I think you know, maybe that doesn't occur against a really good defense. But a team like the Bengals, you take advantage of it. You stomp on them like we did. Um, and you put a little flare on it, a big play like that for Lamar, Lamar Jackson. Um, we're going to be seeing that clip for years to come. Right?
0: Have ever have right. you guys ever ran full speed and done a 360 spin?
3: No. I can't remember last right. time I ran full speed.
0: Right, That's true. But my <laughs> question is, besides the falling down, which is what I think I would do when I tried to do it, how does he then know at what direction to run after the spin? Because I feel like I'd spin and then start running the wrong way.
3: Well, that's why they're professional athletes and we're guys in front of a computer.
2: Yeah, and Burt might disparage the the, the Bengals uh, linebackers there in secondary, but they're professional paid athletes too. Yeah, true. And at one point, like you freeze frame it, and there's like four guys surrounding him right before the spin move, and then all of a sudden like no one even touches him. It wasn't yeah. like broken tackles, like they couldn't even touch him. It was crazy. Right. I think it's weird. With the spin move, is something like we're all used to seeing because
3: that was like the go-to move playing video games in Madden. But yeah. when you watch a real NFL game, you don't see it that much. At I, least,
1: we, at we least as anymore.
3: obliterating as it was uh, on on Sunday when Lamar Jackson did it.
0: Right. I feel like we used to see the the when we had like the dominant running backs of the '90s. I feel like we saw the spin move. I feel like we used to. We the don't old see Madden, it anymore.
3: The old Madden in the '90s on the Sega Genesis—you used to be able to just tap the spin button over and over and over again, and nobody could tackle you. Yeah. <laughs> I'd like to see that happen.
2: Yeah, but it did, and I don't really remember. I remember like Barry Sanders highlights, right? And playing, watching him on Thanksgiving because that was the only time I'd ever watched Lions games, and that did like moves in the open field where no one could even touch him. Forget about tackle him. That's I think that, I think Bert's right. It reminded you of Barry Sanders. But this is a quarterback who's also crushing it as a quarterback. It's really, I was just thinking about it, like how fortunate we are. I mean, the Orioles are so terrible. And we're so fortunate to have the Ravens, to be to have like Lamar Jackson as our quarterback is kind of amazing. And you look at our history, we've had two of the best defensive players ever. We've seen two Super Bowls in our lifetime. And now we see Lamar Jackson you know the one of the greatest young quarterbacks the league I've seen in a very lo- long time. Um uh, we've been very fortunate on the football side. Uh nothing really on the baseball side, but very fortunate on the on the football side. So that's pretty cool.
3: Yeah, there there's been exactly like two close calls for the Orioles uh since 1983.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but even though those like no world series to to speak of. No. Yeah. So uh, I, was, I was thinking about it. I was, I was looking ahead, kind of. If you look ahead at the Ravens' schedule, there's
0: some tough games um, coming up.
2: It gets tough. I was thinking though, if we go two and two on our next four, which I think is possible that we go two and two in the next four, which
0: is Texans, Rams, yep. 49ers. Yes. Yes. And and the, who's the fourth one? Another tough one in there. No, uh, we'll play we'll the
3: Jets, Jets soon. Jets at, Jets at the end. Uh, Browns. Oh. Yeah, maybe it's Browns,
0: Jets, Steelers at the end. I believe.
2: But I think 2 and 2 gets us to 4 losses and then if we win out the rest, 12 and 4 gets us I think that guarantees us a two seed in a home game, right?
0: I would think so, but we won't but at this point you want that one seed.
3: Well, the the one you got to beat, you got to beat Houston this Sunday cuz then you will have uh defeated yes. the top team in the AFC uh East, the AFC South. The the Chiefs are the only ones that uh, are going to be a leader in the AFC West that they beat us
0: and they're kind the, of imploding. The,
3: yeah, they're they're gonna need to do a lot better on their way out, uh you know, to, to top us at this point, or even to finish tied with us. Even to uh, make the
2: playoffs at this point. They're
3: struggling. Yeah. So I would say this we we beat Houston on Sunday. Uh we'd have to have a major implosion to lose a two one or two seat at this point.
0: So you guys making your plans for Miami? No. no. So not no. not to that point yet. Yeah, I mean, I, I think
3: I have plans for Super Bowl weekend, and it doesn't include going to Miami.
2: <laughs> um, I, I think in the beginning of the season, a lot of people said, like, maybe we're a year or two away. Right. I think we could still be with the, this young offense. I think we could still be a year or two away. I think um, it all certainly Mark Jackson has gone done a lot better than we ever could have imagined. But I'm not ready to say Super Bowl.
0: I think it all comes down to health. The offensive line has been so dominant. Uh, that and they've been healthy. If uh, Pierce, if he's hurt, like they're saying, Michael Pierce, who went out early in the game on Sunday, that could be a big difference. So, and of course, the health of Lamar.
2: Why? I don't know why you always say that, Josh. The health of Lamar. You never would say the health of Joe Flacco during the season, but you say the there, health of Lamar. Why is that different?
0: Because of the step down of Lamar to RG3 on this team is a huge step down.
2: So really, you not being worried about Joe Flacco getting hurt was really just a knock against Joe Flacco? Uh,
0: I don't know. I think have you – there's times where – I mean, I guess during that Super Bowl run if Joe got hurt, but Joe never played to the point where he was the best player on the field and you felt like in order to win games you needed that guy there. Yeah, because Joe I always had a better defense. Lamar doesn't have the same type of defense that Joe had.
3: Yeah, there were no backup quarterbacks to Joe Flacco that if we have, were having a winning season and Joe Flacco got hurt, that the backup could continue the success of the team. No, if but Joe was, Flacco got hurt, the season was over.
0: No, because there were definitely no, because there were definitely seasons where Joe Flacco didn't carry the team. Lamar is carrying this team as as good as everyone else is doing. It's Lamar's team, and uh, we had seasons. It was never Joe's team. And those winning seasons, it was still until that that playoff Super Bowl run. Joe was the best player on the on the field for those games. But besides that, there was always a dominant defense, and Joe had to be the kind of just control it, just just a, just not fall apart.
2: Yeah, I I think it's very rare though ever to see a backup quarterback, lead a team into the playoffs and make a Super Bowl run. Yeah, right.
0: of course. I'm just, right, yeah. right. I'm just saying that Lamar is that big of a difference maker on this offense.
2: Right. Um, and we have, this is like the year of the backup qu- qu- quarterbacks. So it's not even Lamar's style of play. It's just you see a lot of people going down with injury.
0: Right, right. And uh, do you think any of that injury has to do with why this weekend Colin Kaepernick is getting a showcase with teams or do you think the NFL is saying it's because teams were calling and asking them about Kaepernick and wanting to set something up with Kaepernick do you think that's really the answer or do you think this is they're just trying to do something to avoid another lawsuit
2: I, I have
3: does, no idea Me I have not. I have not given a single fault to
2: Colin Kaepernick it sounds, all I can say is it sounds like a lose-lose because if he does the tryout and you come out and you don't sign him then like you're blackballing them and you get criticized well, that's, for not signing them.
0: And that's why that's why that's why the NFL is doing it this way, where it's not a showcase for one team. It's an NFL wide where every representative will send someone out.
2: But why would this change anyone's opinion? I don't think anyone didn't sign him because they didn't think he could run around. Like, I think everyone right. agrees he can run around and throw the ball. Um, that's not why teams didn't sign him. Right. Yeah. So I, I don't see how this would make any difference. I don't really get this.
0: Not sure. But I haven't
2: really thought about it. I really don't care. You don't, you the don't Ravens care. won't.
0: You don't think the Ravens grab, or... grab him to to uh, back up, push out RG3? Nope. Greg, Greg Roman had a lot of success with Colin Kaepernick in uh, in San Francisco.
2: No, I think he's happy with RG3. I mean, you saw on Sunday the Heisman package. That was pretty cool. Yeah, you think?
0: do you think that's a real package? Or do you think we were destroying the Bengals so they said, let's have some fun?
2: Oh, no. I think that's definitely at some point this year. They're going to bust out the Heisman package. They're going to do a little toss to RG3, and he's going to throw it. Right? Uh, like that's right. <laughs> that's
0: going to happen. Right, because if, if RG3 is not going to throw the ball, then you would have a wide receiver or a running back back there.
2: Right. The threat of throwing gets him back right. down one of these times. He's going
0: to throw it. Right. I think it was it last week or something that we were joking about. Can Lamar pass to Lamar? Is he fast enough? But can we do a Lamar to RG3 pass to Lamar?
2: I think that'd be pretty cool. (laughs) I think
0: that'd be pretty cool. Uh,
2: By the way, the fourth team I was forgetting about that we play that's tough. Before we play the Jets, we play at Buffalo. So that could be a tough game. Anyway, I just want to get that Of course, the the Browns just beat Buffalo,
3: and the Browns beat us. So what does that say? I don't know what any of that says. (laughs) Me neither. I'm
0: confused. (laughs) Means there's a lot of mediocre teams out there.
2: Yeah, there are. Um, The Steelers have been playing really good football since Fitzpatrick has, was traded there. Kind of, but and, they've
0: also, like, the past two games, they won because of missed field goals.
2: Yeah, but if you look at their schedule going down at the end of the season, both of the Browns and the Steelers, it's kind of a joke schedule. So we'll see.
0: Yeah, I mean, that's one thing is the Ravens do have this tough stretch. So when other people have it a little easier, it's a definitely we'll see. Yeah,
2: because if you look at um, just to, if you want to feel, I don't know, depressed, but I mean, I don't think the Steelers are going to take over the division, but they have a good chance to make the playoffs. I mean here, here's a list of the, of the Pittsburgh's next games. Cleveland, Cincinnati, Cleveland, Arizona, Buffalo, Jets, and then the Baltimore at the end. So pretty cake schedule.
0: Yep, I'd take that schedule. How are the uh, how, have you looked at the Patriots schedule? Do they have a tough schedule? Because I know they had a really soft start to their season and we, we had talked about that before but really i mean if we're looking at that one seed it's really going to come down to who the patriots have in their next whatever seven games
3: well, they they Bur- eagles yeah. cowboys texans chiefs bills they they got out of their next uh six games i would say four of them are against decent opponents
0: yeah but yeah then they finished the season with Bengals, bills patriots
3: well bills yeah, bills, bills almost play himself. yeah yeah Yeah, it's
2: a really tough schedule, actually, right? Philly.
0: They'll plow
3: past the Bengals and the Dolphins, but uh, Eagles, Cowboys, Texans, and Chiefs, these next four games for them are
0: tough. And it definitely works in our favor that they haven't played the Texans yet or the uh, Chiefs.
2: Yep. Yeah. So uh, I think a huge game on Sunday, or a big game. I don't know, huge might be too much. A Uh, big game on Sunday.
0: Division, it's big.
2: Yeah, I would say huge. It's more huge than well, the Rams or the
0: 49ers. It's bigger than the Bengals game. I think yeah, I'd the pu- Jets. I, and and it's a tougher quarterback when we've had a tough pass rush. Our pass rush has not been there. So I'd put this game up there with the Patriots and Seahawks games.
2: Yeah, this one, this is our most important game we have left, in my opinion. Okay. And another MVP candidate. So if Lamar Jackson wants to be the MVP, because that's what really the season's all about, Lamar being the MVP. Um, he's got to go up against another MVP candidate. He's already defeated one MVP ca- candidate in Russell Wilson. Now he goes against another MVP candidate in Deshaun Watson. Yep. Josh, would you rather the Ravens win the Super Bowl or Lamar Jackson wins the MVP? <laughs> Is that a real question?
0: <laughs> Please answer. Uh, it's Super Bowl. Oh, Hayden and Lamar
2: Jackson. <laughs> exactly. Yep. Right. Yep. S-
0: setting me up on that one. <laughs> So. Oh,
2: man. Hey, can we get to some baseball stuff? Yeah, sure. sure. Mike Elias gave his first um, long interview last week with uh, Hot Stove on 105.7.
0: Oh, yeah. A little um, early. I'd like to see the interview this week. I've got some questions for Mike Elias this week, not last
2: yeah. week. Yeah. Yeah. So So um, Houston uh, is in some hot water. Uh, Josh, what's the? Do you want to explain what the deal is and why we should be concerned about Mike Elias?
0: <laughs> so in one, so it's now came out by I guess one of their pitchers. I forget the guy's name. Who, Mike Fires. Fires, who's no longer at Houston, uh, admitted that in 2017, where when Michael Elias was still with Houston, that they were cheating by having a camera in the outfield that would uh, see what the what pitch the catcher was calling and what was it if it was a fastball or whatever they would tap they would bang on a drum so I you think
2: for change up so for fastball, nothing and then change up
0: yeah change up it was and the end and if you watched any of the uh i mean you could read about it but if you watched any tv coverage or video coverage there's <laughs> there's video where you can definitely hear the drum
2: and there was another one i just saw that involved Whistling for curveballs.
0: Ah, oh, okay. I, exactly. For so, balls. they they were definitely cheating using cameras. I saw someone today compare it to Spygate, but I think this is way different than Spygate because Spygate was using cameras to kind of try to tape a practice. This is, like, live during the game.
2: Like Durham World this. Series games. <laughs> during, <laughs> against yeah. Against the Dodgers. Um...
0: Yeah, like, this is a big deal as far as cheating. Is it? I mean... I don't know. There's always been a rule that you can't use technology, right?
3: Yeah. The, the only reason it's cheating is because they used a camera. Yeah. Because otherwise, there's no rules against stealing signs or, you know, if there's a guy standing on second base, he can see what the catcher's flashing. Yeah. And he can give signals to the dugout if he wants but to. But I don't
0: think he can stand on second place and go change up, fastball. Well, well he could, and they he would just certainly mix up the could.
3: Sign. Yeah. And would, that, that's fine. the opposing team, I guess. But so. what they can't control is if there's a camera out there, and that's sending a video feed <laughs> right. to the dugout, and then somebody in the dugout sending a, a signal that way. I it's shit. I don't know. I don't know if that's the rule. If the rule states you can't use technology, then yes, they broke the rules and they cheated. But other than that, I've never had a problem with people stealing signs.
0: Like that's no, the way that's part of the game. It's the technology. The it's the cameras. Okay. It's a. Oh, it, it's twofold. It's the cameras and it's people not playing the game it's other staff members involved it's but well, it's, and, and the it's thing, someone watching a video monitor to, to hit a thing it's not a player telling another player
2: well and
3: or, it must or what if it's a coach
0: the coach isn't on the field I, it's people not on the field telling them yeah uh, so was, i think that's a little shady too
2: it, it was said by to start by a hitter who was struggling started it that I don't know what who who that was there's some theories out there um but it happened so fast right so the second so like the, the and you've watched the video the catcher would put down the change of sign and then like the next second the pitcher would throw it and already <laughs> the guy was tapping on the on the freaking roof of the dugout so there must have been a direct connection right a direct link from an outside camera to someone in the dugout who was hitting who was in the whistling or banging the thing cuz it happened immediately it wasn't like being relayed to second baseman because the couch is being dumb and then the second guy on second relayed it back to the hitter. Like it right. was all happening too fast for right. that to even take place. Yeah. So and it's tough because there is like everyone in baseball agrees it's okay to steal signs. That's why you have to change up your signs. Like all this is part of the game. But the camera stuff, that's not part of like just the friendly stealing of signs. Right. Well, this is something more nefarious. This is something
0: and there's um, been rumors for a while of the Texans doing something, and not the Texans, Astros, doing something with stealing signs and cheating uh, beyond the people on the base pads signaling. So now it's came out like, all right, they did this. So it's pretty crazy. Yeah, I'm not going to say I'm happy the
2: Nationals won the World Series because I'll never be happy that they won. But I'm happy that the Astros lost after all this coming out. Right, they, they're, they're Even, not coming off looking pretty. Between the general manager stuff we talked about last time, assistant manager, general manager, and this stuff, I'm starting to get really kind of sick of the Astros.
0: Uh, yeah. I mean, it's 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 one of those things where, like, if it's your team, you kind of want them to do anything it takes to win. But this does feel like blatant cheating. And. And baseball, it, it, it seems even beyond unwritten rules. And, oh, it's
2: far beyond that. And baseball, when it comes to cheating the game, right? When players cheating, baseball takes a pretty hard line, right? Like there's a bunch of people still not in the Hall of Fame because they cheated. And so I'm really curious to see. And I don't know, like, because part of me is with Bert. Like there's something here that's part of the game and stealing signs but there's another part where you're adding technology. It feels like you're just straight cheating, dude. <laughs> when you're you're telling people the pitches using cameras, this is just straight cheating, and so you should throw the book at the team. Um, so I'm curious to see what baseball will do about it because it's not like you can just fine or suspend one player when it seems to be like a, sy- a systemic, like a systematic whole team decision to cheat. Uh, so I'm curious to see what 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 they'll
0: do. Yeah. It'll be interesting because it was again two years ago. So I don't know how much of the, this do you think was coaches and players. I'm kind of surprised it took this long to come out. When you think of the amount of baseball players that are in a dugout, like, do you is this anything that Michaelized knew about? Is this something that the GM even realizes is happening?
2: I think it's or he clearly, wasn't but, even the
0: GM, but whatever he was at the time.
2: Well, the assistant, whatever yeah. GM. What? From from the article, like players started this. Right. Now, how much can go on? I mean, certainly the manager must have known, right? If you have someone banging on the dugout, the manager's gonna know like there's a dude banging on the dugout. But if you're in a suite as the assistant general manager, how much do you pay attention to I don't know, people making noises in the dugout? Right. I don't know. I don't I, don't I think know. he has plausible deniability here. But I would like to hear Michael last talk about it.
3: Yeah, and There's, we're and we're seeing all the videos of it, it the the sign the sign stealing being successful because you hear the bang and then the guy hits a home run. But how many clips are there of you hear a bang and the guy still hits a ground ball?
0: Well, yeah, yeah. But they like, but they swept the Indians in the playoffs in three games using this in each game.
2: That's
0: I, kind of a higher I, I, success.
2: I don't, I think it's the, the behind I I think it has nothing to do with it though. I mean, I saw people putting stats there, home stats and away stats to say that their home stats weren't that much better than their away stats, therefore the cheating at home didn't help them. But but that
0: that's I, it, it doesn't I matter if cheating even helped you.
2: Right, that's my point is I I don't think it matters if your stats got better that you cheated. <laughs> like it doesn't matter if you were if you sucked at cheating, like sorry, but you still cheated.
0: Yeah. I don't, I don't know,
2: but yeah, I think um, I mean Michael Lys is so innocent and pure and wonderful. He could never be part of something. <laughs> I so, was gonna uh,
0: say the MLB is now doing their investigation. There's no way this comes back on Michael Lys and hurts the Orioles, right? Are they gonna have to? I mean, to, uh, because Major League Baseball already doesn't like the Orioles.
2: Yeah, maybe they'll pin this whole thing on Michael Lys. It was all his idea. Right. Right. Exactly. <laughs> uh,
0: it's a. Yeah. Uh, stuff but anyway why don't we get to some positive stuff with Michael Elias and he was on the hot stove show last week yeah and
2: brought up a ton of interesting stuff I thought rock actually did a good job with the interview and the other guy um oh my gosh or the announcer I'm blank on his name What's wrong Kevin with Brown no 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 oh, the, the guy in stadium Wanger. Ryan Wagner no, no stop the co-host of the hot stove show Jim uh, Hunter yes Jim Hunter thank you oh my gosh <clears throat> Ryan Wagner, get out of Rick here. Rick Dempsey. Um, so Jim Hunter and Rocco actually did a, a decent job with the interview. They asked him all the, I think, appropriate questions. It started out, I guess, is this then this hot stove show that I believe, Josh, we were invited to that we didn't go.
0: Yeah, we got an invite this week as well, too. I just didn't pass it on to you. Okay. Apparently, okay. They're, apparently, they are holding these hot stoves to like uh, season ticket holders only.
2: Yeah, so Josh, am I correct in thinking this is? And and follow my logic here. This is in lieu of Fan Fest. They're having these hot stove shows. So Michael Elias, Michael Elias, the egomaniac that he is, decides you're not. The players aren't worth seeing. If you want to come see. The Mike Elias show, you can come watch me because this whole organization has no face. There's no I face would. to franchise. There's just Michael. Elias. So come see Michael Elias and maybe get a, t- sh- a Michael Elias t-shirt while you come watch me because The Oros is all about Michael. Elias. Right. I'd give you, you that. Right.
0: I'd give you that, except they did the hot stove shows last year too. But here's the difference. Last year, they held them at Dempsey's once a week and they were open to everyone. So now they're holding them someplace else and it's private and you need an invite. So I'd say it's more restricted than previous years. Kind of like they're getting rid of FanFest, they're also closing this down as well. I don't. So buy I think notion. this is part of their one hundred five seven contract, and not a outreach to fans.
2: Can I say something dumb? I think with FanFest, one of the criticisms was, well, there's no like recognizable players. I think last year's team has a, had a lot of likable guys, whether yeah. it's Hans or Alberto or. Or means, or everyone loves Trey Mancini. I just think that team was a really likable team. Right. So it surprises that's me not that why they're they, not taking. That that's not why they canceled
0: FanFest. What? Because they're not selling season tickets at FanFest? Yeah. The whole point of FanFest is to sell tickets, and nobody wants to buy tickets, so FanFest is just a uh, money loser. All right, fine. Um,
3: so a couple Let's, things. Plus, you yeah. Know, recognizable faces and people that you like. It, there's no way. At FanFest last January or February, whenever it was, that I could have picked out John Means and Hanser Alberto out of a right. lineup. <laughs> After the season's over, yes. Yes, I can and now. But in January, the only person I would have recognized was Trey Mancini and DJ Stewart because he was a friend of his show.
0: Right, right. And I think that's Matt's point is this January we have recognizable pe- more recognizable people than last year.
3: Sure, because basically the whole team's coming back. Unfortunately, plus they're going. <laughs>
0: plus, don't forget this this year they'll raise ticket prices, and then they don't want people complaining about that at FanFest.
2: I haven't gotten that no, no notice yet, but I'm sure it's coming. Now, yeah, I haven't
0: seen it yet, but we'll we'll just we'll pull back. We'll only get three tickets this year instead of four.
2: <laughs> Thank you, Josh. Because they're raising ticket prices.
3: You
0: know? All right, right. We're going to blame That's
2: it right. on the right.
3: Josh is going to be the most outraged about it too. I'm not yep. renewing my ticket.
0: Yep. I forget, what it, I forget what they did that upset me, so I stopped going to the second half of the games. Yeah. Something uh, started I boycotted July and August, September.
2: No good bobblehead giveaways. Well,
3: that's here's true, some,
0: but.
2: Here's some things he talked about. He said he, they asked him about the pitching improvement in the minors. I think that was a big story last year. All the minor league pitchers improved.
0: Yeah, and um, uh, Marva won minor league team of the year. Okay. I don't
2: know what that means.
0: And he he
2: gave credit to. Uh, he said that the the pitching improvements. He's doing the same thing that they did they, they did in Houston. So how they developed pitchers in Houston. Is by doing,
0: doing it on dugouts.
2: The same thing here, <laughs> yeah. Which maybe that makes me nervous now. Um, and he thinks he thinks now, like going into this year, that they have one of the best pitching development programs in all of baseball. So that's something to be encouraged about. The numbers would agree with that, I think. Yeah, he when he talked about guys improving. One of the guys he mentioned, based on sabermetrics, is a guy I didn't really think of for, at first, and that's a major league guy. He said Dylan Bundy improved a lot um, with the new pitching program. He says his home, right, home run rate was down significantly th- this year. His strikeout strikeout rate was up, and part of that was because of the the uh, analytics that they were using with with Dylan Bundy. Um, they asked him about the pitching co- coordinator. Like, there's a pitching coordinator now. Who's in charge of all the pitching coaches, I guess, and in charge of all the pitchings throughout the majors and the minors? He said he would also like he's got to find the right guy, but he's he would also like a hitting coordinator, where it's like a, the same job but for the hitters, where he's oversees the hitting coaches at all levels of the mi- of the majors and minors, um, and kind of a, the hitting coordinator, kind of a new made-up position. Um, on Vilar, here's his quote on Vilar. He said, "We got to take." Talking about Valar, he said we got to take the long-term view, uh, which for me is code word that Villar is gone.
0: Yeah. He's gone. I think he's Velar gone. Valar has gone. Yes.
2: I think, I think Villar is as good as gone. Uh, he said, we talked about arbitration. A lot of people are up for arbitration. He said that money and the budget is a reality that they have to deal with. How is a team was paying nobody but Chris Davis and Alex Cobb, how, how does this team have to worry about a budget? I don't really get that, but he says they got to worry about a budget.
0: They got to worry about a budget because they wanna they want to spend money over internationally. They got to save money in these years, locally, so they can spend money internationally and I guess invest money when they need to to win.
3: Yeah, they they had all the international spending money in the world last year and uh, didn't use
2: it. As far as Mancini goes, there was you know there was the whatever the talk. You know, we'll listen. We'll always pick up the phone. We'll listen to any offers. But Michael Elias pretty much said Mancini isn't going anywhere. So Mancini, telling you right now, based on the Hot stove show, there's zero chance Mancini's traded
0: because they need a face. They need someone to put a stamp on the tickets. I mean, besides Michael Elias,
2: I judge. I don't think Michael Elias cares about that, though, um about having a face of the franchise. You think I think he likes the way Mancini plays. Okay. I think he likes his production and his numbers. I don't know if he cares about the face, though. Um, I thought Kramer, Dean Kramer, would be an option to start, uh, or be an option to an early call-up yeah. with the Orioles squad. Based on what he's uh, what Michael Elias said, he's, he he got to AAA at the end of the year, and Michael Elias, I think, wants a full year of Dean Kramer, or at least close to a full year of Dean Kramer in AAA. Okay. So I don't think we're going to see Dean Kramer anytime soon. But we'll get no, Adam
0: Rushman next year,
2: right? Nah, don't count on it. Ryan huh. Mountcastle, too. I don't think Ryan Mountcastle is close. After listening to the Hot Stove Show, I don't think Ryan Mountcastle M- is close to the, to making the team either. Okay. Because he's like, he, his quote was that Ryan Mountcastle had advanced so fast with the bat that the glove never had time to 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 show up. And Michael said it was his idea to move move uh, Ryan Mountcastle to left field and try him out there. But he said the glove is not where it needs to be. The strikeout and walk rate. The strikeout rate's too high. The walk rate's too is, is too low. So, if anyone was hoping for like an early call-up of Ryan McCaskell, don't think it's happening. I think Ryan McCaskell is going to be in the minors for a while. And maybe this is service manipulation, or maybe this is really work on the glove. But I don't think Michael, uh, Ryan McCaskell is coming up anytime soon. Um, he did mention and uh, that Grayson Rodriguez will start at Frederick.
0: So. Okay. That's good. He was in Delmarva last year, right?
2: Yeah, he spent the whole year in Delmarva, so so it makes sense for him. Got a
0: straight upgrade.
2: Yeah, to now go. And he'll still be incredible. I think he would be 20 next year, so still incredibly young, um, pitching at Frederick. And once he's Uh, there,
0: once you go to Frederick, that's where you can quickly move up. Yes. They don't generally say full year at Frederick. They might move you to Bowie fast.
2: Well, we saw that happen a lot last year. At the end of the season, a lot of guys were caught up to Bowie. Um yeah, so I think that could happen again. Um, but Grayson Rodriguez is so young that, I don't know, he could spend the whole year there. Um, but that would be fun, him and – because that's where I think um, Adley Rushman will be. And so that's that could be fun, Grayson Rodriguez throwing to Adley Rushman. Yeah. Um, he said he wants to bring in more starting pitching depth. He didn't like how starting pitching went, I think, this year. And I think he made it
0: clear from <laughs> talking about this other stuff, he doesn't want to bring up our future pitchers. He's he doesn't want. He to. doesn't want to rush guys up, so he'd rather spend that money on average pitchers.
2: Yeah, he's not going to bring up Dean Kramer because we need a fifth starter, or Michael Bowman because we need a fifth starter, and he's they're They're having a good year in Triple A. No, they're going to bring up Dean Kramer when Mike Elias thinks Dean Kramer is completely ready to go. And so, um, yeah, I think they're going to add a couple veteran starters um, to try at least try out at spring training, but. No one you've ever heard of, don't worry. Um, he also said he wants to add depth at shortstop, of, like a veteran depth at shortstop good defensively. This has led to a lot of people on the Twitters and other places talking about like, oh, maybe they could add a Jose Iglesias, or maybe they could add uh, Henry Hecker, uh, Henry, uh, um, Hecker I the guy from Miami, Hecker Vario, or whatever his name is. Or maybe they could add... Um, Gigi Gigi Gregorius who would be
0: a little more expensive but of course Um, we're going to probably add cheap people
2: yeah and I think all those names no we're not going to sign any of those guys because and I know that because you've heard of all of those names right but they're going to bring in like three shortstops three career minor league shortstops who you never heard of he said the priority for him is that they're good defensively so they're going to be career 180 hitters who are good defensively names you never heard of so be wary, Birdland, because people are going to tweet out, maybe the Orioles will sign this veteran shortstop. And if it's a name you've heard of before, they're not going to do it. <laughs> um, but but we, we're still going to complain about
3: not being able to go to FanFest and get that guy's autograph, whoever he may be. Yeah, yeah, exactly.
2: I mean, he still said this year, he said this year, the goal is still to improve the talent pool in AAA. He's still, I mean, he's really clear. He's still not about winning with the Orioles. At this point, he's still about improving the talent pool and in in the minors. And so we can win in the future. And so he's going to do that. He's not going to sign a veteran guy for a year just so we can be a little bit better this year. He could care less. He just needs bodies. All right. So Uh,
0: he wants another high draft pick.
2: Yeah, he's looking at another high draft pick. The last thought on this uh, and last thought from the hot stove show at the very end, they talked about Chris Davis. This goes with Josh's point, but they want a high draft pick. Because Chris Davis is not going anywhere. Mike Elias, the egomaniac that he is, thinks he can fix Chris Davis. So right now, Chris Davis is on a program. Uh, oh, and it doesn't matter. Very hush-hush about the program. But on a <laughs> program to improve uh, Chris Davis as a, as a baseball player.
0: And it doesn't matter if he doesn't improve. If he doesn't he's not improve, going anywhere. If he doesn't he's improve, not going yeah, anywhere. he's not going anywhere. Because he can fill that first base role uh, as good as they want him to. They don't need to win.
2: Uh, they have 161 million reasons why he's not going anywhere, right? Um, and Michael he's he he's he said as much. He said it's a big contract, it's a lot of money. Chris Davis is not going anywhere. <laughs> I mean that's right. and I'm sorry, Birdland. I'm sorry if you're annoyed by it. If you think it's sunk cost and we should just cut 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 our losses. If you think he's blocking a prospect, I'm sorry, but he's making a lot of money, and the Orioles would rather him stay on the team right. if he's making all that money. So he's going to be it, there.
0: And it makes sense when you're not winning. Keep trying to fix him. Keep trying to fix him. When it gets to whatever 2021 where you are starting to bring guys up, if he still sucks, then you then that's where you got to be serious about cutting him. But next year with no progress and they might, again, they might lose more games than this year, they're not going to necessarily improve. There's no point in in replacing him.
3: And you're keeping him and his money in the area, and I'm sure there's lots more charitable organizations out there that could reap the benefits of it.
2: That's, that's true, too. It doesn't, <laughs> doesn't hurt that Chris Davis is a likable dude. It doesn't hurt. If you're going to be terrible at baseball, at least be a kind, generous, good human being, I guess. Yeah. Sure. Um, so, so that's, that's all my, my thoughts about the Mike Elias show. I mean the hot stove show. Um, I don't know. So there's other Orioles news, news that came out this week. Um, John Means got second in the rookie all in the rookie of the year voting. That's pretty cool, right? Somebody had to come in second. Okay, Bert. <laughs> <laughs> Alvarez from the Astros, I think was a clear not number one pick.
3: Uh but they might take that away, you know, because he was being signaled for uh stealing signs, you know. Well, half, half of his home runs came with a bang bang from the dugout before that.
2: <laughs> yeah, well, they find out that's true.
0: I I uh Went ahead and looked up who is on the Hot Stove Show this week. So what type of player they're bringing in for the Hot Stove Show? Uh, no one. It's just going to be Jim Hunter and rakubako uh, and,
2: and yet it's Birdland Imitation
3: Only?
0: <laughs> yes, yes it was is. Who's
2: picking up that Birdland Invitation Only to watch <laughs> rakubako
3: and Jim Yeah, when, when we have the Ravens on a Super Bowl run right now. Right. right.
0: Like, right. Who bring, cares? <laughs> bring in Lamar Jackson to talk about the Orioles. Then people will care.
2: Yeah, I would, I would show up to that. Actually, yeah. I would. Yeah. it is. Fun bet to a see, really uh, good
0: it was fun to see Chris Davis and uh, Dwight Smith Jr. out at the Ravens game. Not not the Bengals, but the, I think they were at the Patriots game.
2: Everybody was at the Patriots oh, yeah. game. I was there. That's yeah. what I'm talking about. Right, everybody. Right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, also in the National League, I just want to point this out. Um, our boy Soroka finished second in the Rookie of the Year All-Star voting.
0: Yeah, I, I'm still waiting for the story to come out like a Zach Britton with the uh, H for Soroka to come out. That, that extra O in his name is an accident, and he just hasn't corrected anyone. Yeah,
2: and was all – can I just say this because this really irritates me. This stuff grinds my gears. There was one guy who didn't vote for Pete Alonso. He voted for Mike Soroka, and he wrote this article about the – home. his focus was most on the home run ball, how – with the juiced ball, a lot of people hit home runs. Pete Alonso hit a lot of home runs, which is cool. But Mike Soroka did something even cooler. Like he kept people from hitting, from hitting home runs, which was more impressive than yeah, Pete Alonso.
0: But he pitched in the National League.
2: Yeah, that's fine. And you could disagree with it, but it was a really good, good, good article. And then I turned on the radio. Like I heard that and I heard all those stats. I was like, oh, that's interesting, Like the case for Mike Soroka. And then I listened to the radio and I listened to this um, uh, uh, Jeremy Kahn. This guy on one five seven, yeah, heard just, of him. just crushing. He was on the show once, friend of the show, just crushing um, this one reporter for being the dissenting vote, right? Because he t- t-
0: right because he accepted it as it was like the Hall of Fame voters where, yeah, and it which wasn't is not the case at all, right? That's but and this is what
2: annoys me that and we see this on Twitter all the time. In that, if someone has a, an opinion that does not agree with the majority, all of a sudden they're just doing it to be difficult or they're just doing it attention. because they're for attention when really he honestly thought that Mike Soroka had a better season and he had stats to back it up than Pete Alonso. So good for that dude and and shame on people like Jeremy Kahn and, and a lot of other people for crushing a guy just for having his own opinion. What did we come to? You can't have your own opinion in this world without getting crushed.
0: Nope, we do not. You can,
2: uh-huh. you can have your own opinion. You just have to
3: keep it to yourself.
0: No, yes. eh? Your own opinion has <laughs> to match my opinion and hey, has to match the, the uh, whatever the, the majority the majority, yeah. or whatever the uh, TV networks tell you to opinion, Nate.
2: That's right. That's what you pay for the NBA. Um, a couple other news and notes on the Orioles. I'm telling you, there's been a lot going on. Um, Aaron Brooks was oh, just KBO, signed. right? Uh,
0: the Korean yeah. Baseball League, right?
2: Yeah. Yeah. By the Kia Tigers in Korea. So he gets more guaranteed money, and he gets a guaranteed rotation spot. How? And I read somewhere else that Matt Williams is the manager of that team.
0: How do right. I watch KBO games? Can I get, like, a, a, a KBO ticket? You know, and, and watch, watch, the, watch know. the games here? I
2: don't know. You have Josh, you have ways of getting TV channels illegally all the time, so maybe you could find out a way to get it.
0: Hey, I pay for every Black channel Arc- I have. I don't have any illegal channels. All right. Yeah. Of the news and notes, but I'll check that out because the Orioles aren't going to be very entertaining. Want to do a KBO yeah, do you guys, podcast, KBO corner?
2: Uh, do you guys care that Aaron Brooks left to go to?
0: No, he's 29 years old. He wasn't going to make it here.
2: Okay, and the and the Orioles got money out of it because they had to buy out his contract. Yeah,
0: yeah. So, so they like got trade.
2: like they got like two fifty, like two hundred fifty thousand for it.
0: Right. It's nice. Which to I'm sure see. the Orioles won
2: best in players.
0: Right, and that shows you. You know what? That's precedence that you can trade from one league to another. So if we want to make a trade with an NFL team, that's how you do it.
3: I I just now had to look it up because you keep talking about Aaron Brooks. The only thing I can think about is uh, the Saints, <laughs> New Orleans Saints old quarterback. No, from Aaron, like the
0: early 2000. Aaron pitched for the Orioles this year. It's got
2: a it had a bunch of cool tattoos from from Oakland. Yeah. Completely missed that one.
0: <laughs> <laughs> you tuned out the second half
2: of the season, though.
0: Bert, oh, definitely, definitely. Yeah. I mean, definitely. remember, they were asking anyone to come pitch in those games.
3: I'm still tuned out. I don't even know what the hot
2: stove is. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this is from an article in, from Rakubako two days ago. I was a little bit surprised by this. Maybe, maybe you guys aren't. the The headline was Hunter Harvey is uh, Hunter Harvey is first name jotted down when projecting 2020 Orioles bullpen. So I thought there would be maybe some discussion about Hunter Harvey bullpen or starter. Right. But Rakubako intimates that it's a done deal. Like. Hunter Harvey will be in the bullpen next year to start the season.
0: Which is, is that, like, I find that disappointing. Like, is that because they don't think he's started material? Or is that because they think he's proven enough in A, but he's not ready for starting, uh, still an inning watch? What do you think's going on with that?
3: Well, his clock already started ticking, right? He pitched last year.
0: Yeah, but all of our
2: clocks are ticking. That's true. End of the truth. Some of us are ticking a little bit faster than others, though. So
3: maybe it is a bit of an innings thing. I mean, he could be be a successful starter, but why be a successful starter in a team that's
2: going nowhere when we really need him three, four years from now? Yeah, the innings, right, are a big deal because he's been so hurt every year. So building up the innings might be something to do with it. But, like, I don't know, would you call... Because I get the disappointment because you thought he'd be a great starter. Would you call Zach Britton a disappointment. No, no. Um, he's turned into an elite bullpen arm, probably more valuable than he would ever have been as a starter. And so I think Hunter Harvey looked elite as a bullpen guy. And so, um, I'm okay with next year, having him pitched a whole year, of the bullpen that keeps his innings down. Let's have another year being healthy. And then you can reevaluate next offseason and say, okay, after we saw him for a whole year in the bullpen, do you want to keep him there? Or do we want to try to stretch him out as a starter? And then you can still do that after next year if you want to. So I'm okay with him being the bullpen next year and still kind of keeping it open to, to being flexible with how he's used after that.
0: Yeah. Yeah, okay.
2: All right. Um, I don't know if we have time to get into this, but MLB Pipeline posted their updated top 30 prospects, top 100 prospects for baseball, top 30 for each team. I don't know if we want to get into this at all. Uh, Adley Rushman is our highest guy, of course. Number six in baseball, according to uh, MLB Pipeline. One overall. A couple interesting things about the top 30 real quick. Number one last year was Yusniel Diaz. He's now number five. So Adley Rushman, Grayson Rodriguez, D.L. Hall, Ryan Mountcastle, and then Yusniel Diaz. And I would argue the guy who could be better than a lot of those guys, the guy who I would put like number three is Austin Hayes. And he's down there number six. Um, and another interesting thing is if you look at prospects eight, Dean Kramer, then Michael Bauman, then Zach Lowther, then Keegan Aiken, that's eight through 11 are all starting pitchers who've pitched at Bowie or higher. So we have um, one, two, three, four of our top 11 prospects are pitchers who are really close to the majors, starters who are really close to the majors. So I think that's pretty encouraging as well.
3: Yeah, that's, uh, that is good to see. And not surprising to see based on the, the year they just had in 2019,
2: those four years. Yeah, yeah, that that group of Dean Kramer, Michael Bowman, Zach Lothar. And then you can throw Keegan in. He didn't have as good of the year, but AAA was crazy with the ball and the home runs. and um, So he had a good year considering the craziness going on in AAA. Uh, but I think the headline was something like Orioles prospects on the rise or something. So, I mean, everyone's high on the Orioles prospects. We have four guys in the top 100. Um, those first four guys I mentioned, D.L. Hall, Grayson Rodriguez, Adley Rushman, and Ryan Mountcastle, all in the top 100. And using out Diaz, he was in the top 100 last year. So I think he's right on the cusp of being top 100. And Austin Hayes was in the top 100 two years ago. So Diaz and Austin Hayes are right there, I think, right on the borderline of top 100 players. And so I just think there's a lot of reasons to be excited about um, the Oros prospect this year and they're getting closer and closer to the majors. And all those guys I named Ryan McHouse is the only, and Austin Hayes are the only people that might, I mean, Austin Hayes will make the team next year. Ryan McHouse might at some point make an appearance, but the rest of the guys are still two years away probably, but they're coming boys and girls. They're coming. So say if,
3: if you're considering buying season tickets for 2020, save your money for 2021 and 2022
2: yes (laughs) that is correct and save your money because they're going to probably jack up the prices even more than when all those players come so you'll need the extra money so just like mike elias talks about being a budget when they call you say we're on a budget reality situation so we have to make some decisions based on our budget just like mike elias always says
3: or save your money even more and get yourself a banging 80-inch flat-screen television and
0: you, you just watch
3: all the games in the comfort of your home.
0: That sounds pretty right. good to me. Uh, you guys see Lewis Black speak out this week about the Orioles? The comedian? The comedian, because co- I guess he had a show in Baltimore this week, and I guess he's an Orioles fan, which I didn't know. So he, he was talking about the Orioles. And so I guess someone asked him about last year's Orioles or he brought it up on his own and he said I don't see what they're doing. I'd like to have known what the concept was. I'd like to have known what's his name? The guy that went to Arizona, Adam Jones. Why would you let him go? You got one guy who in the history of baseball plays out his contract for you and is the kind of ball player you want to teach professionalism to other ball players. Why would you get rid of him? What did you get for him? It was so staggering as opposed to the ability for what he could pass on. He was a class he was class greatness in everything that the Orioles organization has been about, and you let him go. You know, F you, that's how I feel. <laughs> so and I feel like that's how a lot of or I think the Orioles did hurt a lot of fans by losing Adam Jones. I think people did get frustrated and not understand it.
2: Um yeah, and I think now like, we can look back on a little bit, right? Because when you're really close to it, um, it can be hard to see because you really like Adam Jones. But then you think about it, and everything Louis Black said is kind of true. Yeah, good. guy.
0: Good. I thought, I, I thought you were going to go in the opposite direction of we had to let him go. Because you're uh, right. Here's a guy who Rick refused to be traded to a playoff contender because he wanted to play for the
2: Orioles. He was great in the community. Everything just a you, great said, everything you said about baseball, Chris Davis. Yeah,
0: but he's still decent and a lot cheaper.
2: And, and Adam Jones cost three million dollars last year. Right, so you right. could have had him for three million dollars, which is nothing in baseball terms, and he would have been, uh, and he would have been happy. He was. I mean, there was that such a cool moment when he let Cedric Mullins take over center field. Yeah, like Adam Jones with everything that you want in a franchise. There's not a and better guy to
0: teach young guys.
2: And Adam Jones says, I want to stay here. Please sign me. I want to play. And the Orioles said, we're going a different direction. Get out.
0: Uh, I don't know. Yeah. It, yeah. I mean, it's it shows it's what happens when you change so much that there is no like Michael Elias does not know the Oriole way. He knows the computer way. And well, that's this was different.
2: And this was not a Michael Elias decision, right?
0: I mean re resigning him was he didn't get signed until like late February remember Yeah when training was already in full force a few weeks yeah. in so Michael Elias true. had the chance to bring him back Michael Elias heard from all the fans about wanting to bring him back uh anyone in the Orioles organization I'm sure told Michael Elias how great of a person uh Adam Jones is it was Michael Elias
2: Yeah and that's that tricky question right like for a rebuilding team how much value like even if he doesn't add wins or even if he only adds two wins and you're not really trying to win, how much value does it, it bring that you have a veteran leader who wants to be there? I don't know. But the culture right. of the clubhouse was pretty good without Adam Jones too. So I don't know.
0: It was. And that's because Trey Mancini really stepped up. And that's, I think why you're seeing like Trey Mancini's not going anywhere.
2: Well, and I'm thinking about it now more because I didn't, I'm just thinking about this right now since you read that quote, if your manager Hyde, it's probably nice for Andrew Hyde not to have Adam Jones in that locker room, right? Right, because you uh, wanted it to
0: be your locker room, not the yeah, Adam Jones the locker, locker room.
2: Yeah, and Trey Mancini, I think, it's not, it was never Trey Mancini's locker room, right? Like, he was right. more soft spoken dude. That's more
0: of a John right. Harbaugh. Like, when John Harbaugh came, like, John Harbaugh didn't like that it was, like, Ed Reed's locker room or, or Ray Lewis's locker room. I mean, yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, exactly. That's, that we hear more in football.
2: Yeah, but it would have been more of Adam Jones. Yeah, and and Adam Jones when he wasn't happy, he spoke out. So I mean, I bet he would have had Chris Davis's back when. Remember, Chris Davis and Manager Hyde got, got into it. Right. Uh, I was just read an article about, about Chris Davis's off-season program, which they didn't say anything. But whatever. But he was saying how much he appreciates that Manager Hyde and Michael and they're actually going in a direction. They're not just he like he did. where Two years ago, he said. He didn't know what the future held. He right. didn't know the direction. I
0: remember he got now, he, he got irritated, around. was it last year or the year before, where he got irritated because, like, the coach came out and said, yeah, we're working with Davis. And Davis came out and said, no one's worked with me. Yeah,
2: no yeah, one, yeah. No one's seen me. Yeah, it was two years ago. And last year he got irritated because Michael Elias, I mean, uh, Mandra had said something to him in the dugout. Right. And Chris Davis took after him. Yes. Yeah. But now I guess everyone's on the same page and
0: happy. I got you. I was it, did you ever see the story, to bring it back to football, of, uh, I think it was like two weeks ago, where Bart Scott shared about, uh, they, someone asked Bart Scott about Suggs not being in Baltimore anymore. Did you see this? No. Nah. And Bart Scott, uh-uh. said, Bart Scott said he talked to Suggs and called Suggs about it and said, why didn't you try to re-sign in Baltimore? And Suggs told Bart Scott, I care about the Ravens organization too much than to steal from them. I can go to Arizona <laughs> and steal from them and get paid more than I should be. <laughs> so I, enjoy, I enjoyed that quote as kind of like a, a guy who, uh, similar to Adam Jones, left at the end of his career. Different yeah, yeah. Santos, yeah. obviously. Yeah. Yeah. It's true.
2: All right. We're ready to do, uh, wrap this thing up. Yeah. Uh, I didn't skip it all today, did I?
0: No, no. Good connection. You plugged in your wires? I plugged my wires every freaking week.
2: I think something I did this week is I restarted my computer. Like, I closed everything out, restarted my laptop right right. before going on. An older laptop. Maybe maybe that helped.
0: All right, yeah. Well, we'll keep doing that. That'll that'll be your new tradition before you start the show.
2: Yeah, I didn't get any eye rolls from you guys throughout the whole show, so it was good.
0: (laughs) No. It was weird. Before the show, you did freeze at one moment, and I was concerned, but nothing during the show. Well, I know that good. was
2: I. I didn't say this, but I was actually changing my connection from the guest to the primary Wi-Fi.
0: Oh, what he's telling us is he didn't hardwire, even though I gave him a really long cord.
2: No, I, I'm hardwired right here. Okay. <laughs> All
0: right. just Doesn't so every freaking time. If you're on wife if you're hardwired, it doesn't matter what your Wi-Fi connection is. Oh, does
2: it? Oh, okay.
0: All right. <laughs> All right. All right. Let's wrap, <laughs> I this up. When I said
2: wrap this up, I should have wrapped this up. You can follow us on. Uh, on Twitter and Instagram, just search the show's name, Section336Show. Um, you can follow me on Twitter, at Section336. You can follow Bert on Twitter, at BertRody. And you can follow Josh on Twitter,
0: at Josh JoshSoroka.
2: Thanks for listening, boys and girls. And as always, go Ravens.
1: Thank you for listening to the Section 336 podcast. Please go to iTunes and Facebook for all complaints or the occasional compliment. If I were you, I would not take any baseball advice from these guys. Josh and Matt were raised by an Orioles-obsessed father, and Bert, uh, well, Bert fell in love with Don Mattingly. He has a thing for mustaches. From Behind Home Plate,
3: your Orioles talk. Section 336, the next generation of
1: Baltimore sports talk. At Discount Tire, we know your time is valuable. Get 30% shorter average wait time when you buy and book online. Did you know Discount Tire now sells wiper blades? Check out our current deals at discounttire.com or stop in and talk to an associate today. Discount Tire. Let's
0: get you taken care
1: of. Fact or myth? In the big game, the coin toss usually comes up heads. That is a myth. In fact, tails has come up more often in recent years. Football is full of myths, like the pigskin isn't actually made of pigskin. Gambling is a share of myths, too. Unfortunately, believing gambling myths can cost you a lot of money. So learn what's myth and what's fact at KeepItFunOhio.com. You'll also find helpful tips, interesting quizzes, and great games all to help ensure gambling is always fun.